The earliest aim of the rescue operations was to get banks to restart lending. Following the lead of British Prime Minister Gordon Brown, governments in the U.S. and the E.U. committed themselves, in October 2008, to coordinated recapitalization of their banking industries, that is, to buy shares in distressed banks. This was run in parallel with commitments to guarantee, insure, or buy up toxic assets on the bank's balance sheets, the global cost of which was estimated at $5 trillion. It was hoped that recapitalization plus contingent guarantees would give banks the equity cushion to start lending. But the banks took the money and just sat on it. Early this year, with no sign of significant easing of credit conditions, signs that the trouble in the banks had not been cured, Bank of America and Citigroup in the U.S., and the Royal Bank of Scotland and Lloyd's Banking Group in the U.K. reported huge 2008 losses, and the real economy still sliding, a further round of bank rescue operations was launched. At the end of February, the British government promised to insure £550 billion worth of the loan portfolios of Royal Bank of Scotland and Lloyd's Banking Group. Frank Partnoy noted in the Financial Times on 19 January that, given declining assets and increasing liabilities, many, perhaps most, big banks in the U.S. are essentially insolvent and have been for a long time. What started as a liquidity crisis, an inability of banks to borrow in the wholesale market to meet their current liabilities, rapidly turned into a solvency crisis, an insufficiency of bank capital to cover liabilities. Governments have tackled both solvency and liquidity issues in tandem. They bought bank shares and, by simultaneously buying or guaranteeing or insuring banks' toxic assets, they hoped to unfreeze the wholesale market. However, there was a major problem with the bailout projects. With growing unemployment, home repossessions, and loan defaults, the value of the bank's securities continued to fall. Government recapitalization and insurance schemes were continually having to catch up with bad news. There seemed to be two possible ways out of this bind. The first was to create a bad bank. The state would buy up toxic securities from a range of banks at an agreed or imposed price and hold them. This would force banks to declare large losses, but by removing these illiquid assets from their balance sheets, it would give them the confidence to start lending again. On 23 March, Timothy Geithner, Barack Obama's Treasury Secretary and former chairman of the New York Fed, unveiled a more sophisticated version of Paulson's original TARP scheme. Instead of buying the troubled assets directly, Geithner proposed to lend private investors the money to do so. But he faced the same problem. If the assets turned out to be worthless, the taxpayer would end up bearing the cost. The latest phase in U.S. policy has been to subject the 19 leading American banks to stress tests to establish the extent of the losses they face and to force the recapitalization needed to absorb them. Bank nationalization was offered as one way to avoid the need to agree a price with the banks for toxic securities on their balance sheets. Surprisingly, this solution was supported by Alan Greenspan himself, as something one might have to do once in a hundred years. The Swedish precedent of 1992 was cited, in which the Swedish government took huge stakes in the country's banks, which it was then able to sell successfully. The advantage of this would be to buy time, which private banks do not have, 
for the prices of the securities to recover. Against this, it was argued that the Swedish banks had at least backed tangible assets, whereas the value of our financial garbage, subprime mortgages, CDOs, collateralized debt obligations, and derivatives may eventually prove ethereal. These rescue operations raised serious issues. To save their financial system, governments were in effect insuring private institutions against the consequences of their folly. A system in which owners are allowed to profit from good bets while being insured against the losses incurred on bad ones rightly brings capitalism into disrepute.